0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Good evening, everybody, guys and gals, as we are getting closer and closer to arrival date of July 24th. First practice is July 25th uh pete smith uh, you know gonna take a couple of nights off here this week couple next week as obviously as everybody knows as invested as he is with the streetsboro program uh you know season's starting to kick off for them and you know everything they got to get going over there so you know we'll give pete a little time off here but look uh for those of you thinking he's leaving forever (laughs) that's just not going to happen uh i'll start with this happy madden ratings day everyone i hope it was a fantastic day on the timeline Um, My guest today actually put out probably one of the best tweets about all this. Um, Some of us are busting our asses day in, day out to give you nothing but fantastic content. And then a day like today, we have to talk about things as arbitrary as that, which we're not going to do here this evening. But for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, uh, brought to you by the good folks from Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. There's still some time left in the summer of 19, guys. I know it's closing quickly. As quick as it comes, as quick as it goes away, use Hotels.com. Get rewarded. Try to make a small memory, big memory, any memory of the summer of 19. Your local experts on the biggest stories joining us here this evening. Um, the lead over at Browns Wire, Lions Wire, one of the busiest writing guys in the game, Mr. Jeff Risden. First off, Jeff, how you been, big man? It is great to be with you, Jeff.
1: I, I'm trying to enjoy the summer as much as I can. I like it hot, so it's been wonderful for me. Uh, uh, as you know, I, li- I live in, in West Michigan in the Grand Rapids area, and it has been toasty over 80, 85, and sunny every day, so I am loving it.
0: I'm a fan. Um, and the other thing is is there's so many people, and you get it so much on social media, and, the, oh, oh, it's negative six with the wind chill. Well, like, you can't have it both ways. You can't bitch about it being negative six, and then when you got weather in the 90s, enjoy the living hell out of it. Um, and the other thing is, as you get older, it's a lot easier to get out of bed and function when you're north of 80 than it is when it's in the teens. Uh, the knees feel better, the shoulders feel better, all that stuff.
1: Well, it so, ain't, ain't that
0: the truth? <laughs> oh, no, ain't no lies there. Like, you know, I, I can actually just get out of bed, put on some flip-flops, and go. And, you know, 17 degrees, it's one leg. Oof two legs and uh, i'm coming yes i heard you three times honey i'm coming i will be there but with that jeff look we got a lot going on here and uh you know i put something up the other day you responded as well it's you know and a lot of people are giving the browns fans some tough times about this and look it's no different from guys like you guys like me whoever who cover this it's as excited as we all are it's you know trying to Temper expectations. A, because it is football, anything can happen. B, there is the Cleveland factor of even with it looks good, you know, when can you truly believe it? But there also ain't nothing wrong with having a good time. And right now, looking at this team and looking at what could possibly go down this 2019 season, it's looking like it'd be a real damn good good time, Jeff.
1: I I will never fault anybody who's a Browns fan from getting excited about this team after what, what Cleveland has been through. Um, I'll go back to the last time I I moved away from Cleveland uh, the last or actually the, the, the week before the Browns came back in 99 and everybody that I know back home since then has had nothing positive for a very, very long time. So if you're excited about the Browns, I'm not going to try to curb your enthusiasm. I, I want you to be a little bit realistic, but if, if you're excited, be excited, please. There are reasons to have caution, but there's also reasons to be excited, and that having valid reasons to be excited, uh, and I will refer to the Madden ratings for just a second. The, the Browns have, what is it? I think it was 13 guys with a rating over 80. That's the second most in the league. That's, that's something to get excited about. That shows the level of talent that's on this team and the depth of the talent on the team. And that's, uh, that, that's I, I can't fathom going to play Madden and wanting to play as the Browns. And now it's like, every, they're going to be everybody's team. When, when you go online to play, people are going to fight over who gets to be the Browns. And that's, that's pretty darn cool, man.
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing is, it's it's a, diverse, it's a diversified talent group. You know, you've got the pass rush. You've got the quarterback, you've got Odell. Um, you know, in Madden, Kareem Hunt doesn't get an eight game suspension. So you can do some crazy things where you have three running backs over eighty in the backfield. Uh, you know, you get to throw Jarvis in there, Najoku, uh you've got a safety, you've got a corner, uh, and even Schobert at seventy nine is a nice rating. Um, you know, it's actually it's gonna be fun and the fun thing is there's is gonna be, you know, I mean there's twelve, thirteen year old kids, you know, whether it's in Ohio or wherever and no, no, you were the Browns last time. Whereas it was, no, I'll just be the Patriots, I'll, I'll be the Rams, uh, you know. Now it's, no, last time we played, you were the Browns. This time I get to be the Browns. And that part is what makes it crazy for everybody within that. Um, Obviously, look, just looking at the offense, and, you know, obviously, you know, Kareem Hunt, you know, the on player that he is, you know, on-field player, there's going to be some time before that. But, you know, Jeff, uh, you know, obviously a lot is going to be put on Freddie Kitchen's plate. He did well with what he had last year. Um, now it's going to be a, can you manage all of this? You know, obviously some change on the changes on the offensive line and some of that stuff's going to have to be addressed from camp, you know, from a confidence issue as far as, you know, can it at least be good enough as it was last year? Even if it's just a little bit not as good, that's okay. There can't be some drop-offs, but I guess we'll start with the offensive line. How do you see this all shaping off? Because the one thing I try to keep telling people is you want Greg Robinson to at least just be what Greg Robinson was last year, even if he's not better, it's good enough.
1: Yeah, certainly in pass protection, it's good enough. He's he's still a pathetic run blocker, but you can you can live with that because you have two running backs, really three running backs if, if you throw Duke in there, who can all make yards on their own, who can break tackles and create things without having a great deal of blocking success in front of them. So if he's if he's the pass protector that he was last year. That's going to go a long way towards helping the offense because Petonio is very, very good. J.C. Treader gets slipped on way too much. He was he was a Pro Bowl snub last year. He's a very good center. You've got a core there that you can work with. And if Hubbard plays better in the second year, and I think he will. I'm not sure that he can play a lot worse than he did last year. You know, at right tackle, I, th- I think I think you've got something there. Um, and, and who knows what you're going to get out of Forbes. Who knows what you're going to get out of Corbett. You know, what, what's going to happen with, you know, Whoever winds up on the inside, it's Whitman or Cush or or uh, Cal or or somebody. Yeah, yeah. There's there's potential there for it not to be terrible. Is it the strength of the team? Heck no. And and it's it's weird saying that because for years and years, the Browns had a fantastic offensive line and were still terrible. Now they have an okay line. Uh, I did the piece last week where I think Pro Football Focus had them ranked twentieth, and that's that's probably about right, um, give or take a couple of spots. So so they're in the middle third, but it, with everybody else, with all the dynamic skill position talent with Baker, with the creativity that I think you're going to see out of, of Freddie Kitchens, uh, now that he knows that he has a lot of weapons at his disposal and, and more familiarity with what Baker can and can't do well, um, getting Hodel Beckham in, uh, another year growth from guys like David Njoku, my goodness, they're, they're, there are so many different things that they can do to overcome having a a, an okay line, an, an, a line that isn't necessarily an asset. So I, I, you know, I, I do worry about Greg Robinson, but I really, I really worry if he gets hurt uh, where they go from there because I don't think that they're comfortable with Austin Corbett being out there. It seems like he's playing center more than he's playing tackle, and Forbes is probably going to look at guard. I, I, I don't know where they go for, for a backup if there's an injury at tackle. Uh, And and that's a big concern because injuries do happen all the time. Now, Robinson, to his credit, he's been durable for most part of his career. Uh, He did wash out of Detroit with an injury, but he also, uh, he was going to get benched anyway. So (laughs) it was just bad. So to go back to your question, if you can get good, if you can get what you got out of Greg Robinson last year, I think you will be very happy. And I think that'll be fine for the offense. Uh, if you're asking him to do more, you're probably going to be disappointed. And if you're relying on him to be, you know, an island protector, you know, not giving him tight end help, not giving him, you know, a running back chip help when he's going up against premier rushers, that's going to be a problem. But I will say this though: going against Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon every day in practice, I think is going to help him. He hasn't really had that. Big of a challenge before, and and guys who can provide different things, and you know they can rotate Gennard Avery in there to give him some you know lighter look you know outside speed guys, um, having to block a blitzing linebacker and things like that. He hasn't necessarily had that asset available to him in practices before. We'll see if that helps him out too.
0: Yeah, that's a great point on you know the diversity of what he can work on. Obviously, you, know, you just get the absolute athletic freak in Miles Garrett. You get Olivier Vernon, who's more of a you know student of the game, and then there's Jannard, who's the smaller guy but also is about as strong as they come at the position. So I mean, it's you know great getting good practice reps. There's no question about what he can get in that. And I do go back to one thing that Daniel Jeremiah said. You know, everybody. Oh, no, uh, well, you know, the Browns subtracted from their offensive line, and Daniel Jeremiah said, look, that's great. You know, you can have the greatest offensive line. They don't score touchdowns. You need guys to cross the goal line. And now it's, you know, you go back to the three amigos, a plethora. They have a plethora of guys (laughs) who can cross the goal line. And that's what it's about, and that's where this league is at now. It's, you know, oh, we're down 14 mid-third quarter. If you're a good offense, all right, don't worry about it. We got this, all right. Two drives. That's all I need. You got to get. We got the ball now. Give me one more stop. We'll be back in this game. And you see it from the premier teams. You see it from Kansas City. You see it from New England. Uh, you know the topper echelon teams in the NFC. Uh, you know the Rams, the the Saints. Where it's just look. You know we didn't have it going early. We got it going now. And that is one thing is with what the Browns have. Even if they struggle a little bit early offensively, uh, it's not going to be a question about whether or not they can make it up quickly and make it up in bunches.
1: Yeah, there's so many different guys who you can go to. We didn't even talk about Antonio Callaway, and look at what he did last year. Look at his speed and his ability to, to attack from the slot or from the outside and, and work in conjunction with the talent around him. My goodness, there are, a, 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 as you said, a plethora, a plethora of, uh, of, of wonderful options. I love that movie. That's that that's one of my favorites. Yes, from from way back in the day. Great movie. Yeah, so there's there's the ability to overcome deficits. There's the ability, like, to write a hot hand if if that's something that Freddie wants to do. You know, I think one of the things that we're going to learn this year is what kind of a coach Freddie is as a game planner. He didn't really get into that last year. He called plays, but it it wasn't necessarily his offense. It wasn't you know his total scheme and everything. They were they were sort of adapting on the fly. He's had a chance now to to come up with what he wants to do and what his identity will be as a, a, a schemer. And, I, and I'm fascinated to see what that's going to be. I can't wait to get to training camp in another week and a half and, and check that out and and see where they're going with it because there's a lot of different things that you can do. And I think right now we're we're all kind of just wondering, okay, 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 what are they going to do? You know, what's their situational strategy going to be? Um, I think it's going to be aggressive, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. But, you know, beyond that, we don't know the specifics yet, and I think that's going to be – Part of the fun of this year is watching what Freddie dials up, and if it works or not, and how he adapts to what is working and what isn't working. Uh, and then those are all those those are questions you get with a rookie head coach. Uh, he's never been head coach at any level before. He'll he'll have to learn some things on the fly, and how well he adapts to those things. Um, is he going to only focus on the the offense? Um, is he going to give Steve wills complete autonomy on the defense? These are the type of things that we got to figure out yet, and I think he's figuring that out. And I think the Browns are a little bit anxious about that too. Um, you know, they have every reason to be confident, in him, and I I, I I believe in Freddie Kitchens. I think he was the right hire, but to to, to think that he's going to have you know you know no problems or no adjustments uh, and not make some mistakes, I think that's that's a little bit overconfident.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look. there's going to be growing pains. There's there's going to be times where it is. But there's also the fun of it where it's, okay, you know, and this is what we're talking about, strategizing and game plan, you know. It's, all right, well, we have a feature wide receiver. Oh, oh your guys are going to go one-on-one with Odell today. All right, let's see how that works out with Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay, all the coverage is going to shift to Odell. And where Freddie can say, all right, we've already done this. Uh, I've got the tight end. I've got three other wide receivers I have confidence in. Uh, I have receivers out of the backfield I can do some things with. And it's it's going to be just, you know, managing the situation as it's presented. Because, look, you can watch all the film you want. But come game day, you know, you've got to adapt. Um, If, you know, there's going to be teams stupid enough to go one-on-one with Odell... God bless you. Uh, Maybe make for a long first (laughs) half before you put everybody on him. But you still have everything that you put together a really nice second half with last year, and you have David Njoku, who's now just 23, and Antonio Callaway now, who's had a full calendar year of being in football. And you look at him, whether it's the third, the fourth option, good God. And you have two just precision guys in Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins it's you know I think for Freddie it's just going to be just almost like just not letting it blow his mind. It's just you know having this managing you know Nick Chubb managing Odell, managing the other guys, and just making sure that you always have you know you know a blend of you know what's really really good and a blend of some good good good. It's going to be fascinating to watch
1: oh it really is and and balancing those egos you know let's say there's a couple of weeks in a row where Landry gets maybe say over a three-week period he gets nine catches for 80 yards how is he going to handle that how is you know I, I, I I'll start off, I don't know how that's going to work I, I I expect it's him like to be he's gracious, actually but here what what if it doesn't <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I had to give up so I had to throw Pete a little bit of a bone he's you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll throw Pete the bone there with Landry. I I think Landry will be fine. I think yes. if I do worry if Odell doesn't get his catches, I do worry about those touches. Um, but you know, again, that that those are things that we, we just well, but this also comes, just don't know how it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, this also comes down to what what all of these guys are trying to say, though. Um, we want to win. Okay. Well, let's see now, because right. you're all getting paid. Is it truly about we want to win? Because look, there's going to be some weeks, and look, we saw, even last year there was weeks where Antonio Callaway was non-existent, Jarvis Landry was non-existent. Every one of them, there were weeks they were non-existent. Now, with nope. all the chips in, is winning truly the thing? And that's one big thing we're going to have to see as as the way this works out with the Browns 2019 offense. Uh, the good folks over at Blue Chew, um, me, Jeff, I we're similar. Guys, you only get limited opportunities here, Um, and it's not you know it's not that you don't want to go. It's that you got kids. It's whether or not your wife's home. But look, every time you go to the step to the plate, you want to go like your Mike Mike freaking Trout, and it's a big moment. Uh, Blue Chew, it you take it, you know it's a chewable. It acts quickly. Uh, There is you know you're ready to go within no time and look when you get those limited opportunities because you got kids and they're teenagers and they're preteens and most of the time they go to bed after you it's limited guys so Take advantage of it. Uh, Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Uh, No in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in a pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness whatsoever. They are made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a great special deal for all you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the promo code CODE, all caps, C-O-D-E. Just pay $5 for the shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, blue promo code, all caps, C-O-D-E, to try for free. Again, thanks to BlueChew for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Now, Jeff, you, I, almost everybody covering this team, the one issue we kind of had from the 17 version of the Browns, which went 0-16, to the 18 version of the Browns was, man, there is not enough here on this defensive line play. They're getting gashed by the run. It's great that Larry Ogunjobi's a star. It's great that Miles Garrett is emerging as one of the best players in the game. But you need more on that defensive line. And maybe you still could use a couple of pieces. But you're running out uh, a front four as your starting group. Uh, where, where you view, you know, Travion Collie is one thing. Where you view Jannard Avery. But right off the bat, that's a nice six deep, deep group. And if this goes like it should, D-line play is going to play even more and be even more important in 2019 because if you're up, 10 come 3 minutes to go in the third quarter the other team is just going to throw a living crap out of the ball
1: and they have Sheldon Richardson now who can really get after it i it, it pains me how little attention he gets because as, they as announced it and leader. traded for Odell 5 minutes later it felt like yeah he, he sort of got his limelight taken away from him and you know he's bounced around a little bit he's not always been the easiest guy to coach or to play with on the line. But when he's dialed in, he is so, so good at exactly what the Browns need. He's a He's a interior rusher who can play the run on the way to the pass. He can create for his teammates around him. He's a very good facilitator, which I think is going to help Garrett. I, I really think it's going to help Olivier Vernon. Um, and, and you you put him in there with Dogan Joby at the same time. Uh, the, the, man, you can you can really wreak a lot of havoc with that. And uh, I I think that Browns fans are going to really love Sheldon Richardson quickly. Uh, again, he's played it in because he's bounced around so much. It's sort of hard to get a beat on him. You know, it's tough for fans to you know oh well, yeah yeah I remember with the Jets and you know wherever else he's been. But now now he's going to be in Cleveland for a little bit, and he's 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 still young enough to make a big impact. And I think uh, I think Browns fans are in for a treat with Sheldon Richardson. And and what it does it, it risks start. Trevon Coley. Should be your fourth defensive tackle. It's probably where he's at now. You know, I, I still think that Carl Davis has a little bit to offer. Uh, a guy like Anthony Zettel is a great, you know, number four defensive defensive end. He can kick in inside a little bit. He can play on special teams. Some the the function of the depth and the way that the depth chart shakes out now is so much superior to what it has been in the last couple of years. Uh, and, and that goes with you know Garrett. I think I think Garrett is going to be a very serious candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, uh, if not MVP of the league. I, I, I think he has that kind of potential. Just the way that he, he sort of perked up, um, especially once Greg Williams took over as the head coach last year. Um, even with you know Greg still keeping the shackles on him a little bit, uh, you can see the growth in his game. You can see. That he was figuring out. Okay, this is what the women are trying to do to me now, and oh boy, oh oh, I know how to beat it now. Uh, and you could just you could see the confidence radiating from him that that he's he's got it. And now you, you see him doing those those ridiculous, you know, box jumps with a fifty pound dumbbells in each hand. Uh, my arms would fall off doing that. And I'm not in terrible shape either. Uh, there's oh man, I I, I am so. As you as you know, I'm a huge Miles Garrett fan. Going even going when he came to the Browns. Now, my goodness, he's he's got star written all over him, and he's got a lot of help with him too.
0: Well, and the thing with Miles is is, and I think also it, it kind of got to the point where, you know, when you're within a division now, and now and now it's like you know, you know, your regular competition, and it's almost like smelling the blood in the water type of thing. And, and that's what you got. And I, you know, the, the first example of it was, you know, the uh, the road game last year, you know, against the Bengals, and it was just like, look, you could put four on me, and the four you four the four you're gonna put on me ain't gonna be good enough because I'm faster, I'm stronger, I'm smarter. And the thing you love about him is, the second he walks off a football field, he's his own man, and he goes about his life, goes about his interest in anything he is. And and, and you love that aspect about him. And, you know, so there is that edge when it's within the white lines. And, you you know, this used to be, you know, like frowned upon when you weren't a 100% football guy. And I think with stars like Miles Garrett in this day and age where it's, you know, when you get off the field and it's okay to care about other things and whatever's on Netflix and things of that nature, and the fact that you'll stand up for some causes, it's like there's like – there's zero way you can have an issue with Miles Garrett. And look, you know, I, you know, Pete says it, you say it, I'm with you. I mean, he could easily 20 sacks easily because there's weeks now where there is enough across that D line where, and you know, Miles will be okay with it. And if he if he only gets his 13, 14, because you threw three guys at him, he's like, well, that's all right. Well, the other guys are going to get you. Like Miles is intelligent enough to understand the bigger picture. And he's just an absolute joy to have in the building, and and you have that star on the other side of the ball when you have that QB in tow, which makes it you know that it just makes it that much more fun to watch. Um, it, the greedy Williams selection, which adds to the secondary, you brought in some vets. Um, obviously, the linebacking core. You know, look, we, we know what we got in Joe. A lot of it's a question mark afterwards. What do you think about Kirksey? You think we're gonna at least get the Christian Kirksey, who got this big extension in Cleveland? Yeah, you know,
1: I, I I honestly think that he got that extension because they had to spend money on somebody, and he was about the only guy who could get it. So he's a he's a perfectly average starting NFL linebacker. And you can do that. You can be fine with that when you've got greatness in front of you and greatness behind you. Um, if you're asking him to be your leading tackler, if you're asking him to, you know, be an alpha male, you know, on the field, um, he certainly is in the locker room. And I think that's where his best value is now: is that he is the the spiritual leader of that defense. And there's that's fine. He, he embraced that, and it seems like the players respect him for that. If you're not asking him to go out there and be you know, be Ray Lewis, be, you know, Derek Brooks, be, be somebody who he's not, I think he can be perfectly fine. He, he's acceptable at doing a lot of different things. Is he great? No, he's not great, but this defense is not built around needing great linebackers. They're only going to play two linebackers most of the time. Uh, uh, it, last year, Steve Wilkes had, it was 90, 91% of his snaps had two or fewer linebackers on the field. Schober can play anything. I think he's going to do a lot better this year because he was hurt last year, uh, playing hurt, played through a lot of pain. Um, and I, I think he, I think you'll see a better Joe Schobert this year than last year. I think that's going to make up, you know, if Kirksey is your ninth best defensive starter, he's fine with doing that. that that's better than a lot of other teams have. You know, again, you're just, you're restoring order, your proper order to the depth chart. He's He is not a guy who's going to be a pro bowler or should be a pro bowler. He's not a guy who should be your best defensive player, uh, probably not even your best linebacker. And guess what? On this team, he's not. He doesn't have to be. And that's that's why I think this team can win in so many different ways because they have that depth of talent across the board where they're not asking guys to do things that they aren't capable of doing on a regular basis. And that's that that's where I'm with, with Kirksey.
0: Yeah, and the thing, though, that w- which makes me give a little hope to Kirksey maybe playing – you know obviously better last year you know cuz and this is the thing and some people give me a hard time even before all the injuries he wasn't playing that well but you once he was done and it was over and this team started humming you know there were you know the, the interviews in the locker room after wins and there he is videoing and posting it i think Christian Kirksey would like to be a part of this team being good and so it's an interesting play with Christian Kirksey in that respect um you know The cornerback position, I, I think they're good. I, I think they have a lot of depth and guys they trust. You know Denzel seems the anomaly here because everybody else is big and long. And you have Denzel, who you're just saying is your cornerback one, which I'm totally okay with. And you could probably do things with him if you want to kick him inside. If somebody's got a slot receiver that's just going to beat your butt all day long. And so you have a bunch of guys, obviously with the addition of Greedy Williams. Jeff, the question is – How do you figure the other safety position playing out? Um, You know what you have in Randall, a guy who got everybody, if you haven't noticed, a little upset with his Madden rating. That's okay. A lot of people are upset with their Madden rating. But But how (laughs) do you see the other safety position playing out?
1: You know, based on what we saw from OTAs and minicamp, it sure seems like Jermaine Whitehead has stepped up quite a bit. Uh, The coaches talked about him, the the players talked about him, Randall talked about him as as a guy who has really stepped forward and done a lot of really good things. He made a dumbass mistake in Green Bay and paid for it. And I think he is on a redemption tour. And having a guy like Morgan Burnett, who's not very good anymore, but is still capable, he's still smart. Um, I'll give you an example from the other team I covered, the Detroit Lions. Last year, Glover Quinn, his body fell off a cliff. He was one of the best safeties in the league for a long time. Burnett was never that good. But Quinn was able, even in his diminished athletic ability and diminished skills, he was still able to be a positive contributor to the team because he was so smart, because he was a leader, because he understood how to position himself, how to position his teammates, how to you know limit his exposure. I think Burnett can be that guy, and if that's your third safety, I think you're going to be okay. You know, Again, I think Randall's fantastic. Another guy who was a Pro Bowl snub last year, and I think he deserves a contract extension. I hope the Browns take care of business before the season starts, because his price tag, I think, is only going to go up based on what we saw from last year and how he's going to be used in this defense, how I think they're going to use him in this defense. I, I, I think they, they're better off getting in on him now because uh, he, he's only going to increase his value with the way that if he plays the way he did last year in the new defense, he's going to cost $15 million a year. He's he's going to dwarf Tyron Matthews' contract that he got in Kansas City this year. So uh, I, I'm all on the, hey, Dorsey, lock, up, lock this guy up now before he gets too expensive to keep him when you have to make tough decisions elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and, and that—that's the thing with Randall. And it, you probably, especially the way the market went last year, it's—and um, maybe it changed things, and maybe it moved the goalposts a little bit on where the negotiations were. And you know, maybe this is where safeties are at now. But you want that—you know—front, middle, back, and you know—if it's—and I hate it that Joe may get priced out here. I hate it. I do. I love Joe Schobert, but you know, it's if you're going to be a good team, usually the coverage becomes more of the aspect, and you can find young athletic linebackers who can chase people down. Obviously, they're hoping they found that in Mac Wilson. Uh, I'm not sure, but that's a different story for another day. Yeah, I mean, we're we're (laughs) all you know, everybody gets excited. Go ahead. My
1: take on Mac Wilson is I think he's closer to not making the team than he is being a contributor.
0: Um, Well, we're kind of with you there, but I think with some of the Browns fans and listeners, they view the – he's from Alabama. And, you know, look, this was a guy who was mentioned to go in the first round, went in the fifth. That's something that should tell you a lot, a lot, a lot about a guy. And, look, from everything you follow on social media, kids putting in the work. So, look, everybody's got a chance. I mean, he could be the Antonio Callaway where we all got to say, ah, and bite our tongues a little bit. You know, where he... That'd you know, be awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rewrote his own narrative. That is certainly a possibility. Um, guys, way to help us. Way to help Mr. Jeff Resden. Uh, iTunes rating reviews. Uh, always leave one. Drop a five-star. Please, five-star. Uh, written review. Uh, Browns Wire. Jeff and the cr- has his crew over there putting out a ton of work. Look, this is... For people who cover the Cleveland Browns right now, this is what is fun. And it's... Look, we've, we've had to do the work covering... Bad stuff. Garbage. I'm not even going to curse it. I'm going to be good. It's been really hard to cover terrible, terrible football. Um, so it's, it's you know, it's, oh, we get to do something today, or, or we got to do a show, we got to write a piece. And it's a lot more fun to cover something where you have expectations and you feel it should be good. But uh, check out Jeff and, obviously, all the crew over at Browns Wire, busting their bust, putting out good stuff over there. Uh, Browns Maven for Pete. Obviously, guys, sign up, be a member, help Pete out with that. Now we will go to this. Um, Jeff, give me some of your biggest camp battles this year.
1: Well, I will start at kicker. Um, and, and there are some who will tell you that it's not going to be that much of a competition, that that it's the rookie Cybert's to win. Uh, and I, I think that's probably true, but... I'm looking forward to a viable kicking competition after what the abomination that Hugh did last year, where he didn't even realize that he had a kicking competition going on until a national reporter told him, he's like, Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, guys kick off now. Yes. Um, and that was it. Um, so that's, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if Greg Joseph can can fight for his job and keep it. Because I'll be honest, he, I,
0: I'll be honest. I, I think I would take Joseph just because I think he's got the longer leg. Uh, but you know, uh, I agree
1: yeah. with that. He he definitely he, and he has a better kickoff leg too. Yes. And I think that could factor into it as well. We'll see on that. Uh, I am looking forward to the battle, like the depth at wide receiver after the top four. You know, Blake Jackson, Damian Ratley. Um, who, who's going to step up beyond that? Is, is she Giuseppe for real? Is he going to make the team? Can he be the return man? Uh, the return job is wide open, and I think there's a lot of interesting candidates for that as well. Uh, so that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Special teams, you know, is, is, is a guy like Tavir Thomas, who was really, really good on special teams last year and doesn't get enough credit for it. As an undrafted rookie out of Ferris State, which is up the road from me here. Uh, and, and I'm proud of that kid for making something of himself. Is he going to show enough on defense that he can be the sixth corner, um, or, you know, that that last guy on the, active on the defense to, to merit on special teams, or, or somebody can knock him out from that. Th- those are the battles that I'm looking at. Um, obviously there's, you know, do you, see, you see what you have in Drew Forbes. You see what you have in Austin Corbett in his second year. Are they worthy of competing for a spot? You know, Cush and Whitsman, what do they offer? Because uh, I'll be honest with you, I've watched a lot of football, and I, I, I know I have seen Brian Whitsman play, but I can't tell you a dang thing about him. So I'm, <laughs> I'm curious as to what they've got in him, too. You know, um, you know, he's just one of those anonymous dudes like, oh, yeah, I, I'm aware of who he is. I, I I know that he's played. I know that he's started games. But I'll be damned if I know <laughs> anything that he's done. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. You know, stuff like that. Um, uh, and, you know, running back, will Duke Johnson be around? Will uh, Dontrell Hilliard push him off the roster? Um, will somebody else that we don't even know about, you know, make a name for themselves? And then, you know, Garrett Gilbert, what's he going to do? Uh, is Drew Stanton going to show enough that he's he's still valuable enough, to, you know, that he can be more than the film board? Um, or or does, does the guy David Blau, who I thought was great at the Shrine Game, um, and obviously has a good sense of humor with his little Madden bet thing, you know, where does he fit? Is he better than Brogan Roback was last year? And you know, I love Brogan Roback, and yes, I'm so convinced that he's not on the team uh so th- those are the things i'm looking at those we're not talking about starters in any capacity here yes. because i think the starting 22 is fairly well established there's a couple of questions here and there you know one, one of the guards spots. yeah we don't we don't know about that but you know beyond that I, I i think we have a very good idea of who the main players on this team are going to be and i think <laughs> by the way they're really darn good uh and it's fun to talk we don't have to worry about a quarterback competition who's the, who's the starting running back Who's your starting defensive end opposite, you know, opposite Miles Garrett? You know, who's going to be your starting outside cornerback? Who's your number one corner? Who's your slot corner? All these things are already resolved, and that is such a breath of fresh air for me personally. You know, covering the Browns, Um, I've covered the Lions for a long time. I covered the Texans for a while uh, when they were good. Um, and, And there's such a difference in covering a team that has those expectations and has the players that can make it happen. Um, it, it's fun. This team does remind me a little bit of the the year where the Texans broke through with Arian Foster breaking out uh, and J.J. Watt getting the, the, the 19 and a half sacks uh, and, and that group th- there's a lot of similarities between that That team didn't quite achieve what they needed to do but I think this Browns team has a better depth of talent around it to, to take it even higher and I think Baker Mayfield's better than any quarterback they've ever had in Houston uh, and that includes the guy that's there now and who I like and Deshaun Watson so I'm I'm excited to watch, you know, battles that don't necessarily make make waves, but at the same time, are, are, are things that, that football geeks like myself and you and a lot of people listening to this will really enjoy. You know, the the, the, the forty through fifty three spots on the team uh, instead of you know the, the twenty through fifty three spots on the yes. team we've had for so many other years,
0: or sitting around on Labor Day weekend and saying, hey. Any chance the Browns can get a, a strong side linebacker, a starting offensive lineman, and we'd need a third wide receiver? Is there any chance we can get this on Labor Day weekend? That's not the case anymore. Now it's you know, oh well, wait a minute, you know what? How with the kicker competition? Because this team cut a kicker who is a significantly better, and you know, that'll that's what it'll come down to, and. It, Yes, it makes our lives that much easier, and it makes you that much more confident in the product. Uh, Jeff, hate to put you on the spot here before we start to slowly put this to bed. Is it a bad thing if the Browns do not win the AFC North in 2019? Is that Would that be considered a disappointment?
1: Yes, I would be disappointed by that, and I think most fans should be disappointed by that. The only way it wouldn't be is if and, and I think Baltimore is the only team that's capable of doing this. If another team in the AFC North is really, really good, I don't think Pittsburgh has the, the quality of depth to it. Um, th- they might get a, a, you know, a last year death heave hiccup out of, of Ben Roethlisberger. And I do like some of the weapons that they have around him. You know, I'm not going to diss Pittsburgh on that, but I think if there's a team that can, you know, if, if, if it clicks for Lamar Jackson and if the, the, there's a lot of really impressive young defensive players in Baltimore. Do they fit together? If that team gels and they wind up beating the Browns by a game or a half you know, half game if there's a tie again or something stupid like that, you know, or, or they win on a tiebreaker. If they're really good, I don't think there's any shame in that. I think it would be disappointing, yes, but I think at the same time, then you're looking at a Browns team that's still getting into the playoffs and still has a chance because as we've seen just about any team that qualifies for the playoffs has a chance to win in the playoffs, and I think that's, that's the goal. Um, as long as they make the playoffs, I, I think it's okay. Um, but it, it, it would have to be in that context. If they're 8-8 eight and eight and win the AFC North because nobody else is better than 6-10, and 10, and I could see that happening too, uh, then I, I, I wouldn't be all that thrilled about that because uh, I, I think you want to be much better than that field.
0: Yeah, and, you know, as much as we talked about it last year, and it was, you know, and 7-8-1 was impressive because at the time, you know, when he started the season, the schedule was, it was difficult. This year, it's it's a little more, you know, it's a little more easier. And and you look at that second half, which is, I mean, it's beautiful. And it's the two Cincinnati games and some of the AFC East games. And oh, so, I mean, they're, you know, a, playoffs, it, no doubt should be the goal. But I, I do not see a reason if you're going to go roster versus roster why they should not win this division. Um, you know, they, We're not going to say it, but you would know the key players would be involved if something happened to them that could change the course of this. But, you know, we're not looking at that. Uh, Jeff, league-wise, Brown-wise, anything you want to uh, throw on out here before we close?
1: You no, know, I'm just I'm excited that this is this is the first year in a long time where I haven't really covered the NFL draft all that much in the summer because well for one both of the teams that I cover are fairly set at quarterback and, and believe it or not Cleveland is yes. more set than Detroit is at this point he got um, he fun, he got he got,
0: dissed. he got he got by the Madden ratings look Matthew Stafford say he, what you he want probably about him did. he's Matthew Stafford is a solid NFL quarterback it's not his fault that they can never get the entire recipe right in Detroit.
1: Oh, I, I wouldn't even get started on that. But yeah, you're, you're right. He he is not the problem in Detroit. Um, but j- just not having, uh, you know, I haven't looked a lot at the draft prospects yet. And, and at the same time, from a Browns perspective, I don't really need to. Um, yes, they're going to have a first-round pick. Yes, it's probably going to be in the 20s. And f- from that standpoint, it's probably somebody that I don't have currently projected as a first-round. I, I have a watch list together, but I haven't watched any of types yet. And that, that's been fun for me. Um, usually, I'm I'm watching two or three college games a day, or cut ups, or something to to get a baseline on these guys. I haven't even started that yet, uh, and, and I don't really feel like I'm missing out for the teams that I cover, uh, nope. specifically the Browns, because there's, you know, wh- where where's this team's needs going to be? You know, I, I don't know, uh, and that's maybe that, that's left tackle fun for me.
0: Maybe left tackle because Greg Robinson uh, plays I, well enough I, I is them. really
1: there. And, uh, you know, that that would be a fun problem to have. Um, Yes. (laughs) The the other thing is, you know, um, looking around, I actually looked around today at at available free agents that are still out there, and it's a very good thing. Like you were talking about needing people on Labor Day. It's a very good thing that the Browns don't need people because the free agents that are still out there are absolute crap. Holy God. Be thankful that you got what you got right now because uh, if you're trying to pick guys up off the street right now, it's not going to be good, and that bodes well if you're trying to trade somebody. If you got an extra wide receiver, or if you got an extra running back, Duke Johnson. If you got a, a superfluous lineman, Austin Corbett, that isn't working out. You're going to find some buyers because there's nobody on the street right now who's better than those guys to help out. So uh, I, I'm sort of looking around, and seeing what what trades might be available. If somebody gets hurt and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's more of my focus issues in the draft, and that's that's kind of fun and it's kind of different, and I like that.
0: Uh, and. A, it makes our lives easier right now. Um, and I remember, you know, first starting the show, and it was, you know, we would talk about, you know, the previous Browns game, uh, the Browns game coming up, and then we'd maybe slip in two draft shows in the middle because, you know, you needed to look at what the future of this franchise would be. It's not the case now. Uh, uh, Lions Wire, Browns Wire, Real GM Football. Jeff uh, puts out a ton of content, ton of great content. Make sure you're following Jeff Frisdon and all the work. And guy, uh for all the Browns listeners, uh, Browns Wire—they put a, uh, the guys over there. They put out a ton of work. Uh, love their work. Uh, all good friends. You know, like I say, and I say with the guys over at the OBR, we all know who's putting in the work. Uh, some people fake it. Some people are really doing it. Browns Wire. Those guys are certainly doing it over there. Uh, so make sure of that. Uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase throw a follow over there. You know, as the show grows, as the anticipation grows for the season, I get a lot of DMs over there. Uh, you know, whether, you know, a lot of folks, you know, you know, on the other